Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, Hank Vogler, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. Hank Vogler checking in better than checking out from west, west where? They're not west anywhere. North Spring Valley, Nevada. West of, west of somewhere over there. West of Salt Lake City. There you go. And south. Yeah. So. <laughs> Two of the four are covered. Anyway, you're west of me. <laughs> yes, quite a ways west of you. Yeah. So you guys seem to be capturing all the moisture once again. We we've kind of I'm not going to say we caught up, but we certainly are in better shape than we were. My I still have a stock dam that's the lowest I've ever seen it, Hank. Huh. Well, we hold our breath every day out here. All the storms have been going north of us, so anyhow, fun, 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 and there must be some fires somewhere. Pretty smoky every morning here. Oh really? I haven't heard about fires. Well, it's all those food plants that are burning down. Possibly, possibly. Uh, Hey, I got one for you. Okay, lay it on me. Guy calls here yesterday, sent me a letter. They want to pay you to put a kind of a easement on your property for wildlife. And, of course, they're not going to tell you what to do. It'll be all yours to use and everything like that. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were already going through the 30 by 30, and 97% of this county is already federally owned. And my little tiny mark on the world is, <laughs> is so minuscule. And, I, and, and I'm supposed to be a big enough rube to know that this is what I want to do to protect the sage grouse, and yet. They want to protect the sage grass so they take care of predators. They'd be like they were years ago. There's no lack of sagebrush out here. There's a lack of predator control. See, this is the biggest misnomer about 30 by 30. <clears throat> Everybody thinks, and I, despite me trying to tell them, that this is not about the Bureau of Land Management or EPA or any land agency you can think of coming in and giving you easements and taking over your property. What they are doing is funding NGOs, some nonprofit conservation group, and I hope you saw the air quotes I'm using because they're not conservationists. They're, they're simply confiscationists. Oh, I think I just came up with something. Uh, but they fund, funnel money through NGOs, third-party entities, to come in and put a conservation easement on your property. And then they basically sell or give the right to the federal government to use that conservation easement as they see fit. So they take your rights away from you, not by taking it directly, but by using a third-party interest. And and people can't see that, Hank, because I, I continually get people left of center arguing with me that, oh, the government is not going to do that. This is voluntary and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it is until you sign it. And then it's not. And then it's over for, for perpetuity. 
30, 30 years. I'll be 103 years old in 30 years. I'll, I'll have to have re-signed me up in 30 years, you know. So that was actually a 30-year <laughs> offer? Yeah. $750 an acre. Who who was making the offer? I've, I've, I'm remiss in wanting to give anybody a, an ad, but nobody has talked about a 30-year conservation easement. Well, it depends on what you got. That's the best you can do. $220 to $750, 15 to 30 years. And I hung up on him once, and by golly, he was persistent. He called back, and I don't think he'll call back again. Mm-hmm. I kind of but told him how the boar ate the cabbage. But see, but this is where your here, this is where your COVID other. stimulus money went. It went into these nonprofit groups that now harass landowners to try to take their land rights away. And here's what's really economically stupid. Okay, let's say you get the max seven hundred and fifty dollars. So then all of a sudden you're going to have to pay taxes on a bunch of money because it's going to throw you in a higher income, and <clears throat> all of a sudden. Uh, you're going to have to pay. So your net back to you is going to be 375 bucks. Well, then out of that $375, uh, you're going to have the value of money <clears throat> dropping at 10% a year with uh, Pinocchio Joe's uh, wonderful economics degrees. Uh, in 10 years, the value of that money will be zero, not 30 years and 30 I mean it's everything about it it's just total confiscation I mean they're, they're holding a carrot out in front of you while they've got a club in the other hand that's all of the mouse I mean and if people don't see that I mean selling your soul for a few shiny coins is what it amounts to yeah but don't make any mistake Hank it's not an accident that he's calling you now now that you've gone public saying that you've set up an account for a, a financial account to assist one of attorney bills, this is not news to him. He is a predator. That that organization is a predator. They knew that you're in a spot where you need an injection of cash. That's why he's calling you now. It's hand in glove. Well, I don't care why he's calling me um Somehow, I think I got my point of cost, um, and uh, uh, probably, you know, because we're all dumb rubes anyhow out here, uh, yeah. he didn't have much to say, <laughs> but I hung up. So speaking of money, speaking of, I, I got one band to the house, got them docked, got them headed south, still have not got... My range con's been giving me the paper, but I have not got a signed copy of a training permit. And here's how your government works, you know, because us guys out here on the Federal Reserve have got it made. I had to, it, they charged me uh, $10 for drawing it up and $18 for the animal units to come in here and dock my lambs because I had to cross somebody else's permit for about four hours. And I got them docked. Now we got to go to the Forest Service. Uh, I found a congressional federal record, CFR, says 
you cannot appeal trailing. I'm not grazing, I'm trailing. There is a difference. So they ignored that. How can they ignore their own laws that's on their own books? Wait a minute. Isn't this, isn't, isn't this the same guy that every week tells us about Southern Nevada Water authorities violating their own laws? Yes. Okay, yes. so why, why are you asking me a redundant question? They do it because they get away with it. Yes, yes. And they know that there's only so much any individual can come up with as far as funding uh, a lawsuit. So they drag you down by money. They drag you down by time. So anyhow, uh, they ignored that rule. And when we first started this process and appealed their decision, one of the mainstays first, you know, first article practically was, if this is going to be a financial burden, you know, show us why and how. One of the financial burdens is the forest permits are obviously in the steeper parts of the country around here. I do not have one forest permit that you could get a set my truck in because this is what the lady in Sacramento said who uh, made the decision well he can just truck his sheep well it was one thing to truck my sheep from Indian George to here to get them shorn with the with the wool completely ruined because they were in those trucks for a hundred and some miles but now there's no place you can take a semi truck into the forest and turn it around and unload it or do anything. Well, you can't even get in the forest. It's impossible. I guess you could take a sky crane if they could pick up an 80,000-pound truck full of sheep and set it down in the forest, unload them, and take them out. Why don't you just so, get a helicopter, uh, Hank, and get over with it? Roll around. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, just drop down wherever you have the sheep, load them up. We'll be back with more Hank Bugler after this. Right out of the shoot today, I want to talk about Keystone 2022. Bridging America. We need to bridge rural and urban. We need to bridge every part of America. And if no, for no other reason, we do it in the name of food security and how we can come together to protect one another against tyrannical governments. That's what it's all about. That's what I'm talking about and why you should be in Keystone, South Dakota, at the base of Mount Rushmore. See Kevin Jenkins up close and personal, Amanda Radke, Teresa Thibodeau, Dr. Molly James, myself, John Boland, Rebecca Cunningham, Ted Fogarty. You name it, we're going to be there. Are you going to be there? Go to bridgingamerica.us to get full details. Bridgingamerica.us Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Lewis alongside Hank Vogler with his continual dilemmas and trying to trail sheep, which he's done every year for the last 37 years. My number accurate? Well, that number is accurate, yeah. And before that, we found a sheep bell, brass sheep bell, so it's not all rusted out. And it was uh, one side of it was wore out pretty good from the clapper banging back and forth. But on the side of it, it says 1878. Oh, my goodness. So I think that was before the Bureau of Land Management was developed. It was, by the way, it was the land office at first because they were going to dispose of the land. But anyhow this person that made this decision in Sacramento uh, kind of overlooked that fact and just ignored it. Well, if I can't get to my summer range 
with five bands of sheep, uh, the economic hardship, it's game, set, match. It's, you know, it, it, that's the thing. They know when you start out with two cows and seven sheep that you've had to borrow a few dollars over the years. So it's not up to me. I have the double recessive mutant gene to be in agriculture. And the only way you can get me out of agriculture is cut my head off and hide it. So Banker Tuffernall can call me up and say, uh, where's the money been going? Uh, you haven't been buying hay. You've been hiring lawyers. So we're going to come out and get your dolls and dishes. Uh, you're old enough to live on that Social Security check. You have a nice day, Mr. Bogart. We'll be out there in the morning. That's what's going to happen, if, yeah. you know. And all I'm asking is 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 some relief. And and um, and here I'll quit. Here's the irony: at any given time, on any given day, the Bureau of Land Management could have set down me, Bidler Water, in the beginning. Later on, Southern Nevada Water Church set us down and said, "Okay." Here's what the Natural Resource Conservation Service came up with. This is their map. This is their compilations of what is the most suited animal to put on that pasture. And this is how it's going to be. You folks have a nice day. End of story. And that's all I have asked for 17 years. <laughs> so if you think you're having fun and you think it's easy out here, you're wrong. But if you... Have a dollar to spare. It's help Hank win. Nevada Bank and Trust, Box one five zero six five eight, Ely, Nevada eight nine three zero one. I would certainly, certainly bless your children for it. I'm gonna do that one more okay, time. Okay, I'm done. No, say it one more time. Oh, okay. Help Hank win. Nevada, in care of Nevada Bank and Trust, one box one five zero six five eight, Ely, E L Y, Nevada, eight nine three zero one. Because I got questions about that over the weekend, I was not very good at responding to them, so I wanted people to for sure have it. Okay, thank you. You know, it, it, I'm the canary in the coal mine, boys and girls. They're coming. They're coming for you. If we can get them derailed or stopped or, or held to accountability, uh, it will be it will be worth every penny. I promise you. And I will not use any money to buy six million dollar houses in California like Black Lives Matter did. <laughs> and I'm certainly not expecting that that kind of money. It will go to pay law bills. It will go to to fight the, the, the fight for your rights, my rights, we the people, by the people, for the people. Were you thinking Rule about buying a $6 million dollar house? Law. Pardon? Were you thinking about buying a $6 million home in San Francisco? <laughs> yeah, you bet. That would be me. Down, down, me and old Nance down, down, knocking them down. <laughs> down on what is it? <laughs> Me and old Nance. Jerry Geldy Square or something? That's not a <laughs> yeah. sentence I ever want to hear again. Me and old Nance. <laughs> hey, I got 
I'm sure everybody's heard. I was probably the last that heard. I I spent about two hours last night staring at the wall. Baxter Black passed on. And I met him when he was a veterinarian for Simplot Incorporated, working for Tom Basabi uh, as a veterinarian. And they used to have to travel through my old hometown, Burns, Oregon. I can't remember Tom or who was a member of the Elks, but they'd be in the Elks Club when they were coming through and having fun and making everybody laugh, making me laugh. I was making them laugh. They were fine, fine people. Never realized that he would be famous. Everybody always said, you know, you ought to write all this stuff down. Well, by golly, he did. Then about 15 years later, uh, Johnny Espiel and me and Jim May were walking through John Esquaga's Oyster Bar, and there he sat, all by himself. Nobody gave a hoot who this cowboy-looking guy was sitting there eating a bowl of oyster stew. We sat down and visited with him, and he uh, pulled his knife out, and he said, You get out, <laughs> you quit. You, I'm a lose my lunch if I've never laughed so hard in my life so we were I really had him wound up telling him stories and later on I had to put a resume you know you got to have a resume well I didn't know what to put on a resume I'm born had children loved my kids uh, what else uh, tried to enjoy my life and greatest accomplishment I made Baxter Black laugh so that was that was on my resume for all the committees the governors appointed me to over the years. So I don't know. They still appointed me, so I guess they approved. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. You know, I've talked to some of those veterinarians that worked cows with him for Simplot, and they said he was the worst partner to work with in the cow working world because he'd take too long telling a story and palpating cows took twice as long as it should have. And they told him, Baxter, you should get paid for all of these stories. Well, he did. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be about right. But anyhow, he had kind of an advanced dementia and uh, leukemia, by golly. 77 years old. He was a great advocate for our business and, and for, for farmers and ranchers and he. He saw the most minuscule things with a, you know, <laughs> with just a little different look, and it was, it was very entertaining. So, but I could sure, I could sure say if you were prank testing with him and he got wound up on doing some poetry, you take you an hour. <laughs> you know that he was my mentor in this business, right? I did not. May 2000, I walked up to him in Wichita, Kansas. He was, uh, it was an evening with Baxter at the Beef Improvement Federation meeting. I walked up to him, said, Hi, Baxter, my name's Trent Luce, and I want to be involved in telling the story of agriculture. I don't want to necessarily do it in rhyming verse because I don't have time to rehearse. And he said, Trent, that is fantastic. It's a pleasure to meet you. But if I don't go answer this call of nature, it isn't going to be good for either one of us. And he, <laughs> But he gave me his card, and he said, you call me. And I called him, and uh, he was just tremendous. I mean, he, 
Obviously, I didn't do what he did, but the business structure is the same, right? So he told me the first year, he said, this is how you charge, this is what you do, this is where you're at, and um, it just worked. And we did uh, four meetings together, and in each one of those meetings, Hank, Baxter made a point of sitting in the audience and that was pretty incredible and he would tell me when I was screwing up like he did in Nashville one day but the best story best Baxter story ever was that from time to time I would have people see me in airports or different things and say hey Baxter well you know he was born in 1945 so that's not really that kosher but um, I was born in 66 anyway I'm in Minneapolis St. Paul airport and this guy comes up to me Iowa farmer feeder and he tells me how much he loves my shows and, you know, just starting to puff me up pretty good. And then he said something about Baxter because he thought he was talking to Baxter Black. <laughs> and I busted his bubble. But, Hank, in the meantime, while I'm talking to him, uh, my phone is dinging in my pocket like somebody really wants to get a hold of me. But I'm not rude. I don't go answer my phone when I'm talking to this guy in the airport. Meanwhile, when I finally sat down, I looked at my phone. And it was a picture of Kelly, my Kelly, and Baxter together. And they took a picture and sent it to me while the guy was confusing me for Baxter Black in a Minneapolis-St. Paul airport. It's roll route. I'll be darned. We'll be back in the second half after this. More information about healthy living on Trent on the Loose today. It's Dr. Nathan Bryan talking about the essential aspect of nitric oxide. Whether it's in your purple powder or your tablets you take every day. I actually do both. Watch Trent on the loose at becknews.com and go to no2u.com, no2u.com, and use Trent as your coupon code to order nitric oxide today. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Lewis alongside Hank Vogler in our tribute to Baxter Black, who paved the path for so many people in so many ways. The last time I talked to him, Hank, was... You know that um, we organized, what did we do, four or five straight years of the Range Rights and Resource Symposium, which you were a part of when we were in Lake Utah. The last one we had was just north of Denver and Colorado. Chuck and Bryson Miller did the legwork and, and made it all happen. But I called Baxter because I wanted him, this is four years ago, I wanted him to be there with us. And I said, Baxter, I don't want you to perform because I knew, he, I mean, even when the, that when Kelly sent that note to me in Nebraska at the Nebraska Cattlemen's about two years prior to that, he was struggling. He was struggling in remembering poems, and it was just tough to watch. But anyway, I called him, and I said, Baxter, we, we're going back to your kind of your home territory, right, because he cut his IT so much there in central Colorado. I just want you to be present. And we had the best conversation a 30-minute while I'm driving from Grand Island to York, Nebraska, 30-minute conversation, and he knew he knew what was coming. And he said, Trent, I want to be with the people, but I don't want the people to know me or remember me like this. But aside from that, he was totally with it, never missed a beat that day, and it, it was just a great conversation. Well, Andy Lever and him, we're pretty good buds. They played music together and poetry and stuff like that. And Eddie kind of, he twisted songs around and, and different things, uh, kind of like 
<clears throat> Baxter doing poems, and uh, he talked to him in January. I called Ed and said, what the heck's going on? Baxter's retired. And he said, yeah, he's, his uh, dementia's catching up with him. And he said, Ed, he says, I can remember when we played together in Elko. I can remember when we played together in Albuquerque. I can remember when we played together in Coleman, Alabama. But he says, I can't remember what happened yesterday. He said, it's just unbelievable what is the the absolutely scariest thing you ever saw. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, I lost my dad the no. same way at the same age. Yes. Well, and by the way, I, those folks out there that compared uh, your handsome face to, to Baxter Black, mm-hmm. uh, having known him when he was very young and, and we both had black hair, uh, I kind of thought you always looked like Teddy Roosevelt to mm-hmm. me. I don't know. It's different. <laughs> well, yeah, Baxter's 20 years older than me and always wormy. So, I mean, that, that, that's nothing that doesn't resemble me in any way, shape, or form. No. So, but, you know, people will do that. There was yeah. a fellow that uh, moved to our hometown that kind of, re- uh, I, was in, I was in Willows, California in a restaurant. And this guy walks up to me and started talking to me. And I'm trying. I'm thinking, who in the heck is? And this was, this was, forty years ago, thirty years ago, thirty-seven years, thirty-eight years ago. And he goes, and he starts talking to me. And I said, I think you got me confused with somebody else. And he says, Well, <laughs> really? He says, Where are you from? And I said, I'm not going to say the guy's name. And I, I, I said, Well, I, I'm from Burns, Oregon. Or no, first he said, Are you down here for the funeral? And said this guy's name. Yeah. And I said, no. I said, you got me confused with somebody else. Where are you from? I said, Burns, right? And then he got mad. I thought we were going to get in a fist fight before it was over with. So when I got back to Burns, I told the fellow that he had me confused with that he was going to have to <laughs> quit wearing a black hat. Because <laughs> I almost got whipped over him. And, of course, this guy knew this other guy's wife, and I was with another couple. And, and, of course, then he was accusing me of cheating on my wife, and it wasn't my wife. It was it was uh, Richard's wife. <laughs> there so, can't yeah, be another guy that looks that much like get... Hank Vogler. No, I didn't think so either, and and he really didn't. And, and, and I'm, I still run into him once in a while in, in a uh, cattle auction or something, but no kidding. I mean, this guy was just livid that, that I was cheating on my wife and then i was down there in california williams california which is right next to willows but anyhow it was it was pretty crazy yeah. people get that locked in their head and if they haven't seen you for years and years and years they they go ballistic when you say well that's not me <laughs> uh all these baxter stories are coming back to me one day i was talking to him and you're, keep in mind that i got lucky with timing for radio purposes because when I started in 2000, Hank, we started radio stations started using MP3s, and I was, you know, Baxter was doing Baxter on Monday. Was that his Black on Monday? Was that his show, his radio show? So anyway, we were talking about it, and I said, "Are you doing MP3s?" He said, "MP who's?" And then it, Cindy Lou, do we have any MP3s around here? <laughs> <laughs> they were still taking, they were still recording the, his show 
on the old cassette tape <laughs> and dubbing copies and sending them to the stations. And I'm like, Baxter, you don't have to do that. <laughs> oh, the memories. So, 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 what, what, what do you do? I got my eight tracks with the, you know tape on them. Does that is they, are they different now? So, no, they're MP3s. Unless you have an MP4. I thought it was MP4. MP4. MP4 shows your mug. That's a video. MP3 is an audio oh. file. So my, I knew that. I was just testing. My, yeah, you were. My TV show, I do MP4s. My radio show, I do MP3s. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about, but that's what I do. Okay. Hey, I talked to my kids yesterday on the on the uh, what is it? Zoom Zoom call. I go. We could do this show via Zoom if you want to. I thought we tried that one time and and there was a delay. Well, we can try it next week. Well, what would be the advantage other than you'd be able to see my wonderful and talented face? Uh, there's another advantage I'll tell you about later. Okay. It's an well, advantage to Baxter me. Baxter Black was Baxter Black. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. It'll live forever. So you guys are getting you guys are getting moisture. How far how far west is it getting into Colorado and that country? I'm I'm kinda uh they they're beating up these land prices pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh with the price of fuel and everything like that. I was kind of hoping that nothing against the corn farmers because they're going to have just as much trouble paying for that diesel as I will. But I was hoping we'd have at least some 650 corn or $7 corn or something like that, but instead of $10 corn. So looking pretty mean. I, I don't know what Colorado rain is. Um, I know that most of the Great Plains has kind of gotten some healing. But it's it's we're not there yet. We've just had some healing. Yeah, well that's better than we've had. I'll guarantee you. Uh, the, and the wind has just been howling here too. Just like, not only we're gonna get you down and kick you, we're gonna teach you a real lesson. <laughs> I'll tell you what we're in a streak of it because that's the one thing that you said that um, you had a storm go north of you. And for those of us in the Great Plains, we hear you talking about a storm, and we. We get nervous because if we get a rain shower, that's a good thing. If we get a storm, that's a bad thing. And you all talk about storms like it's a good thing. Well, we've had some significant storms. There were uh, there was a tornado touchdown in Nebraska this weekend. But the most devastating thing is uh, I, I got pictures I can show you. A friend of mine had some baseball size hail. And there's some communities very close to me oh. that got torn up big time by hail. Oh boy, oh boy, boy, and that just we had a, and I I feel your pain. I've only seen it once, but we had a hailstorm here one summer. It's been a long time ago. It was it was about two miles wide, and it stripped the leaves off of the sagebrush. And it was about eight inches deep, and it, it was only about pea size. I can't imagine what golf ball size or, or <laughs> baseball size hell. It must just absolutely destroy everything it hits. 
I have seen hailstorms in my county where pastures looked like they had been shredded off with a mower. Wow. And that would take down corn, soybeans, anything you had planted. It would take it to the ground, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And I guess what would be the chance of any of that coming up and at least making some insulates or something? Nothing. It just, it's just, it, does it kill it? No, it kills it. Once it takes it off at the gra- right above that, uh, below that boot, it's done. It doesn't come back. Ha. If you, uh, if you have a full born core plant, if you have a full, fully developed corn plant and it's hail comes in and strips the leaves off, you might finish making corn, but hail is just majorly destructive. Uh, unfortunately, Hank, this year there may be too many farmers hoping for storms to collect crop insurance instead of actually buying diesel to harvest, which could be argued is the plan. Wow. Huh. Your neighborhood well, pig farmer out there is going to... It's almost, six, it's almost to, $6 out here. Your neighborhood pig farmer announced on Friday that they were going to shut down a tremendous number of uh, pork production facilities in California, Utah, and Arizona. Smithfield? Yes. And and for the price of corn or well, the cost the, of production? Um, all the above... The article, which one part of it didn't make any sense, they were talking about the challenge with labor. They can't get anybody to show up. They're talking about the overburdensome regulatory system in California is tough to comply. And then, of course, they had to include the war in Russia and how Russia and Ukraine were so instrumental in wheat production that that was taking a toll on the pig farmer. Um, yeah, I fed pigs my entire life. I've yet to feed them a bushel of wheat, but that's where we'll pick it up when we come back with more Raw Route Hangover after this. Did you see the information about the certified Piedmontese as the title sponsor for the Ironman competition this past weekend in Des Moines? Continuing to get the name of beef in the right spot. That's what certified Piedmontese is all about, promoting beef as that complete nutrient, particularly for those that exercise extremely strenuous. We need more producers in the Great Plains to be a part of this system. Get paid properly, $180 over market price. Market price is the local market for you. Accumulation of the closest local markets. Details about your involvement and signing up for 2023 at com. It's certified Piedmontese, paving the way to beef, improving human life. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis alongside Hank Vogler. Hank, before we screw up and get through this segment, once again, help Hank win. And what's the address? Box 150658, Ely, E-L-Y, Nevada, 89301. Nevada Bank and Trust. Okay. Well, I think there's only one, two banks in town, anyhow, so... And I know Gianoli at the other bank, so they'd probably it'll work out either way. Yeah. Uh, So back to Smithfield. 
By the way, Smithfield, for those that don't know, owned by WH Group, which is based in Hong Kong. So you have a Chinese outfit that controls one in three pigs produced in this country. You know, that sounds like a great idea to begin with. Secondly, they've decided that they can't afford to raise pigs in California anymore, which all businesses are soon to decide they can't afford to be in business in California. But I'm here to tell you that the Ukraine... Russia war has nothing to do on corn prices. That was all manufactured right here at home. And wheat is not fed to pigs. And I understand there's some corn produced in that part of the world as well. And I understand there's a disruption in the infrastructure of marketing grain, period. But that is not the cause of why feed prices are higher than ever. It's all 100% cause of what happened after January 21st, 2021. And that's an inauguration. Well, I I kind of want to take a broad view of that. I, you, you're you're painting with a with a brush. I say let's do it with a roller. I say there's lots of things that are happening, not just the what's going on in Ukraine, but isn't Brazil in about a half a drought? Argentina's got some issues. Uh, the cost and the drought in the United States of production. Uh, you know, there's a whole. This is like the perfect storm. It looks like to me to disrupt and and as hard as it's going to be on everybody the end game might be we wake up enough people that we get rid of this juggernaut towards purely communism I, you don't, don't call it socialism socialism is just a gateway drug to communism they're both the same thing a little tiny elite group buying 700 million dollars a lot yachts and live in large and own their homes all over the world. That's what's happened in in Venezuela. That's what happens everywhere. Maybe this will wake us up. Maybe this is the perfect storm to right the ship of of the Constitution, right the ship of the Declaration of Independence, the rule of law, all of these things. Getting government held accountable. There's millions and billions of dollars out there that are going to the wrong things. And going to nothing, and when you pay people not to work, they're not. There's some people that are not going to work, and if they need some extra money, they'll work for cash. They'll work in the black market. It's it's so, I you know I hate to see it happen. And and uh, all the things that are go- look at Hong- you said that people that own the the hogs are from Hong Kong. Hong Kong used to be the shining city on the hill in Asia. And now it's been taken over by Xi Jinping. And those people over there, you want, you think you think the people are smoking to the border from Venezuela and from Cuba and from other communist dictatorships? You can't imagine how many people would blow out of China in the morning if they could get out of there. They can't even get out of there. They're charging those people now. The the coyotes are charging them fifty thousand dollars. The ones that are from China. And I guarantee you, there would be a bozillion of them. There, I mean, <laughs> it's the perfect storm, and I think it will right to ship a state. So if you could just hunker down, do whatever farmer's done all of his life, and that's make do, at the other side of this cloud, this storm, will be a brighter day. I believe that. Thank you. 
but it's going to look nothing like it does today. We, we have to recognize that we've become too reliant upon a consolidated elite food system that controls every aspect of our life. And we have to get back to more of the community and the, the centered around what's going on in your region instead of the global tyranny that we have. And I'm talking about from a food standpoint. That's all coming down the pike right now. And it's all out. Of, see, that's the thing. People in people that suddenly decide that they're smarter than the rest of us and privileged more than the, the Maria Antoinettes of the world. Mm-hmm. They have nothing they can do with Ma Nature, and if Ma Nature and and of course maybe the mitochondria that makes us we've been fighting since uh, Adam and Eve's grandparents were around. So all of these things coming together at the same time. I you know the stock market. The Bitcoin, all of these things today and last Friday kind of took a little bit of a wake-up call, and it could get worse. And with this wonderful Pinocchio Joe president we've got, we're liable to find out just how the boar ate the cabbage. And and if that's what it takes, if that's the eye-opener that it takes, talk about January 6th. What about all the riots they had over the Vietnam War when I was a kid? Didn't they go to Washington, D.C. and raise all kinds of cane? Maybe they didn't get in the Capitol, but they packed the streets. They they did some pretty nasty things during that period of time. I mean, get over it. Just get on. But Mother Nature, you cannot do anything about her. The difference between a storm in Nebraska or a storm out here. We're so desperate for rain. I don't want golf ball size hail or baseball size hail but i'll take anything that falls out of the sky because it hasn't for some time well that's the thing about the drought they're going to have no wheat crop to speak of because of the drought you have severe drought we were in a drought we've kind of as i'm going to repeat had some healing but you get on the east side of the mississippi river i'm sorry the east side of the missouri river they're trying to get dried up enough so they can finish planting uh, really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it even as close to the west as uh, Quincy, Illinois, where my family still farms, they deal with the rain pour every other day. It's just insane. And you go into Ohio, it's all the same way. Trying to get it dried up in Ohio so Neil can finish planting so he'll come to Keystone. But, I, I mean, it's just so severe no matter where you're at, one way or the other. All right, but Trent, if the, the outcome could be the same, we could have fewer crops. I don't think anybody in the United States is going to starve to death, but 8, 9, 10% inflation, there's more than that in food prices. You know, they always take fuel and food prices out of the consumer price index because it, the, the actual inflation is probably 25%. So, again, in four years, your money is blown out. It's, it's half its value. When I was a kid, a, a Ford pickup could not hold $100 worth of groceries because it wasn't big enough. So, you know, all of these things, the chickens could come to home to roost in, in this cataclysmic thing that all these people that think they need to control the world have no control over, whether it's too wet or too dry. You know, I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like three bears. This porridge is too hot. This porridge is too cold. They can't do nothing about it. I am going to forward you the emails that I get telling me how wrong you are. Okay, good. Because <laughs> there is going to be a, a preponderance of people sending me emails 
Share Hank with Hank how the weather mo weather modification is causing all of this Mother Nature issue. And I'm not going to say oh. that I don't agree with them. Because there's just too many things. Ha you already said it. It's like the perfect storm from Mother Nature at the same time as we have a tyrannical government trying to control, not just in the United States. I'm talking about the world tyrannical government. You watch Klaus Schwab boast week after week about how they now control this politician, that politician, this scientist, that scientist, this educator, that educator. Uh, at the same time that you have the perfect storm in weather, falling in line with the crippling of the food and fuel sector. There it is coincidence, I'll say that. Let's let, you know. We'll see just how how powerful they are, you know. Uh, if you don't believe in God, maybe by this time next year, you'll be on your knees praying to mm -hmm. God that this thing gets over with. You actually brought to our, our attention something that is now all of a sudden everybody's talking about, but you were the first one to talk about it on this very program, and that's Lake Mead. Lake Mead has has gotten to be at such a severe low level that it's now vulnerable to a big storm. And you told me this last fall. All of a sudden now I see story after story saying if Nevada gets a big storm, Lake Mead is in jeopardy, the dam. Well. So I'm blaming you. I don't, you know, it's just, okay. <laughs> well, that's, they, they already are, you know. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the elephant running up the. Or the ant running up the elephant's backside with rape on my mind. I mean, my God, I, what can a little pipsqueak like me do to a bunch of people that have a $600 million budget? And they sure know how to use their money with 25 lawyers on staff that I've been told. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, but you can't, you can't get away from Mother Nature. And you're right, too. You want to be a conspiracy theorist? They quit logging along that entire stretch the Colorado River. All those trees, pinyon and juniper, ponderosa pine, they're all taking up a heck of a lot of the moisture that used to go in the aquifer. They're allowing the tamarisk to grow on the, right along the river because, oh gosh, a fish might die if we were to take care of the tamarisk. I mean, we have caused about half of the problem. Why do you think they built the Central Valley Project in California? To get water from the north Absolutely. all the way to the south. Where they, and that was done in the 30s, in the mm -hmm. 20s. Oh, so it is, this is nothing new. It's just it's being used uh, uh, as an excuse to turn more power over to fewer people. No better example than deaf. I don't have a pickup that needs deaf, but you couldn't buy a pickup after 2010, a diesel pickup that didn't need deaf. Now you can't get deaf. Coincidental? Yeah, I don't know. All right, Hank. Closing thoughts. Uh, all I can say at this point in my life is, please help me. I, I hate to be a beggar, but it's help Hank win. Nevada Bank and Trust, Ely, Nevada, Box 150658, Ely, Nevada, 89301. We've successfully journeyed down the road, connecting rural and urban America for Hank Vogler, Trent Luce. Both of us remind you that all roads do lead to a rural route. One final thing, I agree with Hank that we will pull out of this doldrum that we're in and the direction that we're going. But you know, the entity, I think we'll call them an entity, the demographic of this nation that I believe will be the one that pulls us is the one who was there for us to begin with. The veterans of this nation, 
That's why when we arrive in Keystone on the fourth day of July, I'm proud to tell you that the Wall of Honor will be there. The Wall of Honor was born in Bismarck, and it features those individuals that have served in a geographic region. The Wall of Honor on display. Bismarck, North Dakota has put it together, and we will have it in Keystone. BridgingAmerica.us. Full details.